Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. You asked for it, you got it. Brandon Marsh will be the next player we evaluate. What does his numbers look like this year compared to previous years at the major league level, and how is he progressing? Also, is he an everyday player in 2024 for the Philadelphia Phillies, or will he be rotational like you saw this year? And finally, Preston Mattingly got a big promotion today in the Phillies front office. We'll discuss what it means and why he got it on today's episode of Locked on Phillies. You are Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is another episode of Locked On Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. I've been two years that I've been credentialed as a media member for the Philadelphia Phillies. You can hear some of my work on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio, NBC Sports Philadelphia on the television side. Just finished up my second year of hosting Locked On Phillies, well, the second regular season of hosting Locked On Phillies. So thank you so much for uh, being along for the ride. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that good stuff. It really helps us out here at Locked On. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you so much to our title sponsors, FanDuel, for today. Um, And shout out. The folks at Locked On, my bosses, they they made sure I got this nice shirt here, so I'm repping this for you. A nice little, uh, like, forest green type shirt if you're not watching on YouTube. It's a nice one. And it says Locked On on the back. So I got to rep. Come on, right? Got to rep the company. I'm a company man. And I got to listen to you out there, the listeners, the fans of Locked On Phillies, because I've been asking you to let me know the next players to evaluate. And you guys have been doing a great job of responding. Uh, awesome number of responses. And a lot of people wanted Brandon Marsh. So what the people want, the people get. Let's jump into evaluating Brandon Marsh's 2023 season. Now, this is an interesting one, right? Remember, Brandon Marsh was acquired at the trade deadline last year from the Los Angeles Angels. And he comes over here to Philly. And the thought process behind acquiring him is he's a young player with a lot of team controllable years. And he's a plus defender, an athlete. But he hadn't been a plus major league hitter. Last year with Los Angeles, he had a batting average of 226. He comes over to Philly and he lights the world on fire. And he bats 288 the rest of the way. So it's like, okay, there might be something in there where this guy will become a solid major league hitter. That's something that we're still keeping an eye on. Because while Brandon Marsh had a good 2023 He didn't have an exceptional 2023. He didn't take the Bryson Stott leap. Now, rarely players do. Like Bryson Stott was one of the breakout stars in all of baseball. So it's not a fair thing to say that was the expectation. I'm just saying there are still levels to go in Brandon Marsh's progression. When we were talking about Bryson Stott and how high his ceiling is, Brandon Marsh was still trying to figure out where his floor is as a major league hitter. But I want to run you through some numbers, okay? Because you hear 288 last year. For the Phillies is what he batted. That was only in 132 at-bats. This year, he got 404 at-bats in 472 plate appearances. And the numbers look solid. Batting average of 277. Last year, in total. So I'm using his total numbers for 2022, both in Los Angeles 
and in Philadelphia in 424 bats, only 20 more bats. He batted 245. That's a huge uptick. That's 32 points in batting average that Brandon Marsh went up from last year to this year. He worked a lot with Kevin Long this offseason, and it turned into production at the plate. The slash numbers are nice, too. So 277 batting average, OBP of 372, 458 slugging, and an OPS of 829. In 2022, those numbers look like 245 for batting average, like we just said, 295 OBP, so almost 100 points better in all-base percentage. Slugging, 384 to 458, a huge jump there as well, and OPS, 679 to 829. I mean, OPS, he was a monster this year. His OPS plus 127. There were points where Brandon Marsh was up there with the likes of guys like Aaron Judge and Ronald Acuna for just like – that we're tearing the cover off the ball. Now the consistency is a question and the amount of play is something we're going to get into in the next segment. But I mean, the batting average, you can't argue with. It was much better batting average wise. Let's look at some of the individual statistics that aren't averages though. Uh, doubles. He had 18 in 2022. He had 25 in 2023. That uptick in doubles really helped his power numbers. Triples had four in 2022, six this year. Homers, 11 in 2022, 12 this year. Not a big power guy, but he runs into him every once in a while. To see that go up is nice and less at-bats. RBIs, 52 last year, 60 this year. Stolen bases, 10 last year, but he was caught stealing four times. This year, 10 stolen bases, only caught stealing two times. So those are all great numbers. He's improved in all of the major offensive categories. This is the biggest improvement to me, though. Last year, he walked 28 times. This year, he walked 59 times. He basically doubled what he did in walks in 2022 in 2023 season. So he's that shows me just a much better approach at the plate as a professional hitter. And strikeouts, he had 158 in 2022. He only had 144 this year. You'd like to see that number get way down for a guy who's not a power hitter and be in the low 100s. But you can't argue with the fact that he's improved every single major offensive statistic or category. Like That's a plus-plus year from Brandon Marsh as far as development. Now, you got to continue to develop because those numbers, while they are better, still need to continue to improve. Like He needs to come out in 2024, and he needs to have, find a way to do even better in a lot of those categories in order for him to reach a ceiling that can really help the Philadelphia Phillies. Not that Brandon Marsh isn't helping the Philadelphia Phillies. And the other thing in evaluating Marsh's 2023, we talked about young players, right? Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, we've already evaluated him. Well, Brandon Marsh is right in there. He's only 25 years old. He's turning 26 this offseason, so it'll be 26 for the 2024 season. And I said, when I talked about Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm and how they didn't really show up as much in the postseason for 2023. I said young players, sometimes they'll do well in the regular season, but the moment it's big for them in the postseason, it takes some time to get used to that. Brandon Marsh, I'll tell you what, was really, really clutch at a lot of points this postseason. He got the job done in a big way in a lot of spots where the Phillies really needed him. He was probably, for my money, your most productive young player on the postseason roster at the dish. And that's a great thing to see from a guy who's trying to find his way to being an everyday player for the Philadelphia Phillies. Also, his defense. 
his defense was really, really good in 2023. He got overshadowed by Johan Roas a little bit, right? So I have up here the outs above average for Major League Baseball players. And the highest ranked on the Phillies was Bryson Stott at fifth in all of baseball. Now it's above average. Uh, then you have Johan Roas at 32. This is out of 261 players. Johan Roas is 32. Brandon Marsh, 43. He was really, really good out there in the outfield this year. And I went on a Brandon Marsh crusade in like the middle of the season when Rojas came up saying, Brandon Marsh is a plus defender. Is Johan Rojas a better defender? Yes. But Brandon Marsh is a very, very good defensive outfielder as well. And the numbers show it. Of 261 players, being ranked 43 and outs above average is great. Now, I'll give you a guess real quick. Do you know who the 261st ranked player was? <laughs> yeah, you do. He played left field for the Philadelphia Phillies at points. It was one Kyle Schwarber. Uh, but, yeah, Brandon Marsh was outstanding defensively, and he improved in every single offensive category. I don't know how you can't see this season as a total win for Brandon Marsh. But now here's the question. He improved. He played well. He's trusted defensively. Maybe not as much as Rojas, but, like, you can't compare you can't compare everybody to Rojas. Rojas is an unbelievably naturally gifted fielder. I said when we talked about Yohan Rojas, that guy is going to be a gold glove winning outfielder one point in his career, as long as he can hit at the major league level enough to give himself playing time. I don't know if Brandon Marsh is ever going to be a gold glove winner. Uh, does he have that ceiling as a fielder? Possibly, but Rojas, I feel very confident in, in the field, but it's not fair to compare Marsh to Rojas. Like Rojas is elite. Marsh is still very, very good. It's just different levels to this, you know, but I can't help but be positive about Brandon Marsh considering he showed up in the postseason. He improved on every offensive statistic. He played plus defense. He was in the top half of the league and outs above average. I mean, top third of the league, top quarter of the league and outs above average. I don't know. I feel very, very good about where Brandon Marsh finished the 2023 season. And now the question is, again, how does he go from where he was this past year to parlaying that into playing every day for the Philadelphia Phillies because he was in a bit of a rotation situation in the 2023 season? We'll discuss that coming up, and it goes back to the same theme of the offseason. Who's going to play where? Well, we'll get into that as we continue Locked on Phillies. First off, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. You can score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Are you a Birds fan? Well, they're on by this week. So what are you going to do to pass the time? You don't have a Birds game to watch. Philly is sitting at home, chilling, resting, relaxing with an 8-1 and one record. It's a perfect time for you to turn your attention to your wallet. How do you improve that during the bye week? Well, this is the perfect way. Again, 150 bucks if your team wins a $5 money line bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use. It's such an easy interface. Uh, it takes care of itself. There's a wide range of betting options. You can do parlays, player props, money line, spreads, futures. If you can think of it, there's a bet for it on FanDuel. So go ahead and check them out. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and keep this NFL season rolling. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. 
is Brandon Marsh an everyday player? That's the question I've written down here on the graphic on YouTube. If you're listening in a podcast form, you can't see it. Um, there's a list that's on the graphic that we do for each episode of what I'm going to get into. And that, I think, is a big question because Marsh split time with Christian Pache, with Johan Rojas, with Kyle Schwarber, Nick Cassianos. Like, there's a logjam kind of in the outfield. And the question is, who's going to end up taking those spots? Now, barring something drastically changing, Brandon Marsh is going to be your starting uh, starting left fielder, sorry, left fielder for the 2024 season because Kyle Schwarber can now play or be in the designated hitter role. Bryce Harper can play the field, and Brandon Marsh slots in perfectly the left field. I don't see any real reason why Marsh shouldn't be an everyday player. The same goes for Bryson Stott, by the way, who is rotated in and out against lefties. At some point, you need to trust these guys to be able to hit lefties. And you need to give them ample opportunity to do so if you're Rob Thompson. He's been giving guys a lot of rests and days off over the past two regular seasons that he's been manager, or I guess season and a half he's been manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. But at some point, these young players, you're going to have to trust them to hit against like-handed pitchers. It's a tough thing because you want to give your best effort at winning every game. But the only way these guys continue their progression, Stott, Marsh, guys like that, is if you let them hit as often as possible. I think Marsh should be the everyday left fielder for this team. Now, why wouldn't he be is the question. If Bryce Harper moves back to the outfield and plays right field, and if Nick Castellanos doesn't get moved, he may go to left field. Now, it could also flip-flop, and Bryce Harper could be in left, and Castellanos could be in right, and then it's a competition for center field. And that very well could be Johan Rojas because of the defensive plus ability. Now, if Harper stays in the infield, and again, the more I talk about this, the simpler option any way you slice it is Bryce Harper playing first base. But if Bryce Harper plays first base, then Castellano stays in right, Marsh stays in left, you play Rojas in center, get the young players at bats, Kyle Schwarber DHs, it just seems to make so much more sense. But there is a chance that the Phillies want to do something different at first base, so they move Harper to the outfield, and then you have Harper and Castellanos out there with only one spot between Rojas and Marsh. Marsh's defense is not as good as Rojas, but his offense is significantly better to this point. He has had more time to develop, though. Played with L.A., came here, he's had more time up. Johan Rojas has not even had a full major league season. Brandon Marsh has had multiple. So there's a little bit of a difference in experience, and maybe the Phillies want to get Johan Rojas that experience. So – the only way I see Brandon Marsh not being an everyday player in 2024 is, well, there's two ways. One, Bryce Harper moves to the outfield. There becomes a log jam, and you got to get Yohan Rojas time. Or two, Rob Thompson does not trust Brandon Marsh to hit left-handed pitching, and he rotates Christian Pache in and out in the outfield. Or maybe they find another right-handed outfield bat in free agency to come off the bench, and he gets rotated in in the outfield, in the corner. Those are the only two ways that I see him not being an everyday player. And I do think that Rob Thompson is going to give Brandon Marsh the opportunity to hit lefties this coming season. So that would narrow it down to, in my opinion, one. I had to list the other one, the will Rob Thompson let Brandon Marsh hit lefties this year, or will he be platooning him with a right-handed bat? I, I think he will give him the chance, at least for a little bit of the season. We'll see how that plays out. But 
then the real question is, well, where's Bryce Harper and how does it affect Brandon Marsh? And Bryce Harper is the domino that needs to fall before all of this. I hope it's going to happen soon because there's so many things that hinge on the Bryce Harper first base or outfield decision. So we'll see. But again, I'm giving Brandon Marsh just rave reviews for his 2023 season. And I do think he's earned the right to be an everyday player in the outfield for the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know what you could point to that says you shouldn't be. The offensive numbers are all better. The defensive numbers look good. Uh, base running's good. Intensity, focus, all of that stuff. He, like he's a great teammate. He handles like this is a guy who just shows up and does his job and does it well. And he'll make mistakes from time to time. But we need to remember in watching Brandon Marsh because people complain about his routes sometimes to the ball or being too aggressive or uh, like not really reading plays or situations well. He's still 25 years old, guys. He's young. Like, think about what you were doing at 25. Were you good at your job at 25? Or does it take some time to really perfect everything? I'm 29. I'm still not good at what I do. Like, it takes time for these guys to come into their own. We talked about Bohm at 27 not quite being in his prime yet. Brandon Marsh is still two years away from that even, or I guess a year and change because he turns 26 here shortly. But the point is, you have to remember that despite the high expectations for this Phillies team, players like Bohm and Stott and Brandon Marsh and Rojas as well are all young players who need some slack still cut for them as they continue to develop. Will it help significantly if they don't need that slack cut and they just show up and produce like a veteran player would? Yeah, 100%. That's what makes superstar teams into championship contending teams with depth. And that's a key to the Philadelphia Phillies 2024 season. But I think Marsh has done everything he could have been asked to do in 2023. And hopefully it continues in 2024. So a strong year from Brandon Marsh. And the more I look at the numbers, the more I'm impressed with what he got done this past season, both in the regular season and in the postseason. So hopefully it's another strong year for Brandon Marsh coming up. The beard, the hair will all be ready to go. And of course, you got to keep him with the team and keep him out there as much as possible so that the wet bandits, Bryson Stott and Brandon Marsh, are able to douse whoever has the game of the night with water and sunflower seeds and chewing gum and whatever else they find in the dugout to throw at people. He's just, he's an important part of this team. He's part of the fabric of this core and he's going to be here a while. So it's a good time to have Brandon Marsh on your baseball team. There's your evaluation of Brandon Marsh's 2023. Now coming up as we wrap up today's episode, I'm going to also talk about an interesting promotion in the Philadelphia Phillies front office that uh, I just saw before I got on to record this episode. Preston Mattingly has a new position. We're going to discuss it coming up as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. All right, yeah, so Preston Mattingly, you know, of course, the son of Don Mattingly, and he's been in the Phillies front office doing stuff with the minors and scouting and everything was initially what he was brought in to do. Well, he was just promoted to assistant GM. Now, the GM is Sam Fold and the president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. So there's still steps until he's making like major, major, major decisions for the ball club. But he's being elevated rather quickly. And he was a guy that when he came over here, when the Philadelphia Phillies got him, I believe came here from the Padres. Uh, when the Philadelphia Phillies, though, hired Preston Mattingly, it was like, this is a guy that could make a difference. 
this is a guy that a lot of people are high on that he has the pedigree. He's a baseball guy, comes from a baseball family, and he's delivered since he's been here, clearly. So Mattingly continues to climb the ranks. Here's something we got to remember, right? As good as Dave Dombrowski has been, and as solid as Sam Fold has been in a supporting role of Dave Dombrowski as the GM, Dombrowski is probably not going to be here for the next decade, right? And the window for the Philadelphia Phillies could be that long. We hope it is with Harper signed that long and Turner signed that long and uh, a bunch of young players coming up and the farm system being reinvigorated by Dave Dombrowski's retooling of who's where, this window could be a big one for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I don't know that Dave Dombrowski is going to be here for all of it. He could go and want to do some work with one of the expansion teams that are undoubtedly going to come in the next couple of years. Oakland's moving to Las Vegas, probably. There's a bunch of stuff going on there. I don't even – such a weird situation. But the point is, like, Dave Dombrowski is a guy that has bounced around throughout his career. He is not going to be here forever. Is Preston Mattingly the heir apparent to Dave Dombrowski? Well, the higher he climbs, the more that's a question. And Sam Fold deserves the first look at that, obviously, because he's in a higher position now. But Mattingly's been doing some good work. So just something to keep an eye on. And as – the Phillies promote guys from within, within the organization. What that tells you is they're doing their job. And that's a good thing. Internal promotion is always great because it means you hire the right people and they've overperformed expectations and you're giving them more responsibility. It's better to see an internal hire than going outside the building and hiring someone from a different organization because that means you don't trust the folks that you have in-house. And that's not the worst thing in the world, but if you had to ask me, would you rather have a person promoted from inside the organization or would you rather have someone go out and like try and steal someone from another organization that's doing things right and has talent? I would rather my organization be the talented one. And then you work to retain talented front office members. Preston Mattingly getting promoted is a good sign of that. Now, he's still a ways away from ever leading operations for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I don't know that he'll ever do that. He could leave too. We talked about Dave Dombrowski potentially going somewhere else at some point in his career. Um, yeah, there's no guarantee that Preston Mattingly stays here, but he's a name that a lot of people have been zoned in on. And to see him continue to move up the ranks of the Philadelphia Phillies front office is encouraging for, I'm sure, Dave Dombrowski, for the organization in general. And it should be for the fan base because it means that the guy in Dave Dombrowski that has done so much to help build this team up and has brought them back-to-back -back playoff appearances – built rosters that nearly went to the World Series this year and went to the World Series last year. If he's trying to mold Preston Mattingly after himself or Sam Fold as well, then we should have trust and faith in these guys to deliver. And the more promotions they get, the more power they'll have. Hopefully the better the organization will be run. We'll see how it all plays out, but it was an interesting bit of Philadelphia Phillies news. The Phillies always do a little bit when it comes to their staff changes over the offseason. And yeah, I, I like that Preston Mattingly keeps getting bumped up. It might seem minor at this point, but this is a move that in a little bit, in a couple of years, you could be looking back and saying, oh, wow, look how he progressed. Essentially, right, we're going to – let's use a player example. This would be like a Ryan Kirkring getting promoted from low A to high A quickly. It's like, oh, okay, you still got a couple steps to go before you're in the big leagues, but – or maybe it would be like high A to double A. Bottom line is – it's like, okay, interesting. Guy's got something going on. He's being promoted quickly. 
if we had paid attention to that back then, it wouldn't have been as a surprise when Orion Kirkring went from low A to the majors in one season. Preston Mattingly has been moving up quickly. So keep an eye on the steps that he's taking so it doesn't surprise you if he does get into a position where he's running things one day. So I just wanted to bring that up as the big Philadelphia Phillies news of the day. That's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Folks, you know the deal. We just evaluated Brandon Marsh. So now we've done Marsh. We've done Rojas. We've done Bohm. We've done Stott. We've done Harper. We've got five guys evaluated. Let me know in the comments who you want me to evaluate next. Who's 2023 season? Which player you want me to evaluate next when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies? Again, the guys we've already done, Marsh, Stott, Bohm, Rojas, Harper. Anybody else? that was on the 26-man playoff roster, or if you want me to do Reese Hoskins as well, he's a guy I'm going to get into as far as just giving him a full episode. There's nothing to evaluate, but still worth a full episode of discussion. Let me know who you want next in the comments, and we'll do that on tomorrow's episode. Again, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for being along for the ride. I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.